www.staggeringstories.net, podcast series one, number 27, Guilty Pleasures. Welcome to the Staggering Stories podcast number 27. Seven. Seven. Mm. 27, my Good. age. <laughs> Shut up. If that was a bingo number, that would be... Two little ducks with a funny shaped back. What? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. And I am the real Keith. Number 47C. C. 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 You make him sound like a bus. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of room up top. Mm. Yes, <laughs> there is. This is Git at Real Keith time. <laughs> anyway, diving straight in. News. News. El Presidente. Okay. What news do we have? The big news are the Hugo Awards and Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form. This is Blink Doctor Who by Stephen Moffat. The Vast Coffee, MN. Third year running. Well oh, deserved. It's got to be yeah. in a, some kind of record. Mm. Bless him, he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> not sure he's going to manage it next year. I'm uh, not quite no, sure. It's no, I've got to admit, Silence of the Library was good, but I don't think it's the best he's done. Are you no. challenging the vast toffee? I, I am not challenging it. I am not challenging I would not even feel fit to scrape the boots of his shadows. Mm, right. I yeah. think El President had challenged the vast toffee <laughs> to make it four years in a row. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great if he could. Mm. And the other one, the awards we're probably most interested in, Best Dramatic Presentation, Long Form, which is Stardust. Oh, oh st- we, that's we, brilliant. We've all seen Stardust. Rather uh, underperformed at the box office, unfortunately. Yeah. But, oh, uh, that's a shame, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Mm, it's very unusual, though. I mean, it's a very popular cast. I mean. That's one I would quite happily gone and paid to see again. Mm. Oh, well, yeah. You would have had yeah, to, likewise. they wouldn't have let you in. Oh, I, I do realise. <laughs> there's the, the fire exit at the back with the dodgy door. Ah, oh, that one, mm. yeah. 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 But no, I'd have quite happily oh, paid to that. see that one again. Have I heard news of the Serenity sequel? Oh, no. No? Well, rumours persist, but Joss has recently uh, announced that there are no plans for a sequel. Mm. He'd love to do one, the Mm. cast would love to do one, but no studio is stepping forward to put up the money. Mm. Uh, Point of order. I I, I have to ask, is this a nobody is stepping forward and this is a (laughs) no-no, or... Is this an RTD, uh, Russell T. Davis, no, and is in no way this is going to happen, but next season it will appear? No, I don't think so. That's a shame. I loved Serenity. It came from a completely left field, and if anything that deserves to be seen again, or or new forms, it's... Oh, Firefly. Well, Firefly, Firefly the the comic, is still going, of course. Yeah. So we're not completely free of Firefly. Not I've, quite the same. It's not the same, no. 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 I have seen um, on Dark Horse's homepage or, or web blog a uh, internet comic, which is, I think, about three or four pages All right. of uh, Firefly. Mind you, yeah. would it be the same seeing two of the principal cast members got killed off in the... Uh... Well, Josh said he had a way to bring them back into the next film. We don't know how. Not make it a prequel or something. Maybe make it a prequel, maybe have flashbacks or... Mm-hmm. Goodness knows. I don't know, that doesn't sound promising. It's probably no. best it's not going to happen if that's what he's going to resort to. How he normally pulls it off. <laughs> if anyone can pull it off, for now. For now, for now. I think, it would, I think it would be Josh. I mean, he's yeah. been able to do 
marvellous things in there. I'm sorry, I worship at the altar of Whedon. Yes, he does. I do. We <laughs> used to have a conservatory, we don't anymore. We've got a bloody altar. With candles <laughs> and <laughs> blood sacrifices. And, and oh, life-size yeah. blow-up Kaylee. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you've got the willow. Oh, Lord. <laughs> what is next on the agenda or on the news forum? Something bad. Bad. Very bad. Well, maybe. Harry Potter. He's dead. No, no, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the film, has been delayed. Should have been out this November-ish. It's now going to be out in July 2009. I've heard several reasons for this, such as they want a big summer blockbuster. Yes. They've blamed it on the writer's strike. Yes. The reason I heard was because um, they didn't want to release it too um, too shortly after um, The Dark Knight. Yeah, because interest would still be sort of in uh, the, you know, with The Dark Knight. And um, it will take interest and sort of ticket revenues away from that. Uh, yeah, I don't buy that. I mean, no, November's a long way away. I mean, November, December, mm. Dark Knight's out at the moment. That's at least... DVD would be out by then. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I read in the paper and sort of various magazines. I think actually someone's cocked up somewhere and it's just not finished. Well, they they claim it is all finished and it's not going to impact the next film. So there'll be a shorter gap between this and the first part. Of the last book. The last book. It's obviously been two films, last book. Um, So apparently it's not that, but because of the writer's strike, they haven't got any really big blockbusters for next summer, so they're holding this over. It seems to be a all excuse at the moment, doesn't it? A yeah. cover all excuse. Yeah. Something's gone mm. wrong, we'll blame it on the writer's strike. The writer's strike excuse seems to have more credence to it. I there's not going to be any blockbusters next year because of the strike. Mm, because but, we're all on strike. Yeah, yeah, but it does seem as you said, seem to be a convenient excuse. Also I think they said that the last film they did was the second highest grossing of of the lot yeah. after the first film. Mm. And that was a summer release. Because they do every eighteen months. Yeah. Or did yeah. until this. So maybe that's part of it, high revenue in the summer. They're putting out um, a film called Twilight in the meantime, which is like a a teenage vampire film. Um, Unknown, relatively unknown writer. It's her first book, I think. Can't remember her name for the life of me. I'm pretty rubbish at this, but (laughs) that's that's coming out in the meantime. So you can get your vampire fix. Right, what else have we got? Well, talking of films, the throat of Lucas has spoken. About what? (laughs) He is entertaining the possibility of a fifth Indiana Jones film with Harrison Ford. What, Indiana Jones and the bath chair of doom? He says just the possibility is one of, you know, 50-odd projects he's mulling over. Uh, But, you know, thinking how long... It's taken them between three and four. Yeah. Yeah. How many years is Harrison Ford 14. has to die at some point. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 14 years. Was it was it? between them, yeah. yeah. Good mm. grief. I, mean, I think it would be I a lo- little bit less than 14 years. I, mean. yeah. <clears> I, did, <throat> I did like the last Indiana Jones films. It was very much along the lines of the first. How, how long, how long mm, can yeah. he go? And if, if they have another one, will it focus on Son of Indiana? Mm, but there again... It could suffer from the last what the last Mummy film has suffered from too many leads. We didn't like the last Mummy film. No. We thought it was pants. Is that but, the third one or whatever? Yeah, it yeah. was. I, I wouldn't quite it go as far as pants, I mean, but, but it, was yeah. very, it was very rushed. Yeah, it was pants. So beware, there could be more Indiana Jones on the way. And the only other bit of news I've got is uh, Trial of a Time Lord. Ooh. The DVD box set has been delayed. Oh no! That's so annoying. What, what, what's Tin Dog going to do? Because last time I heard, he was meant to be reviewing it. Hi, Tin yeah. Dog. Hello, Hello, Tindog. Hello, Tindog. It's only been delayed about a month, I think, from August till September. Right. So it's not a great delay. They brought forward uh, the first Doctor story, the War Machines, to fill the gap. Do we have a, a reason for the delay, or is it just... Uh... 
No. Writer's strike. (laughs) Blame the writer's strike. (laughs) I've never actually seen the war machines, so. Seen Trial of the Time Lord, though. We will have no mocking of Trial of the Time Lord. (laughs) I've seen Skip and Pain. The ship was good, the space station for the first Oh, yeah, that was a minute. It's all their budget. Yeah, that was the whole entire budget of the season. Everyone went, oh my god! Yes! Yes! then it kind oh, of petered yeah. out a bit. But it was still brilliant. <laughs> it had Brian Blessed in it. Come on. It introduced uh, Bonnie Langford. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, for a point you win. <laughs> <laughs> Any other news? I, I, I have one final bit of news. Well, maybe not final. Is it but... good news? Well, it depends on your point of view. Is but it bad news? It could possibly be bad news. Can we guess? You can try to guess, but I don't think you'll get it. Okay. Is it about melons? Melons? <laughs> I'm guessing. No. Is it about unicorns? No. Badgers? No. Peanut butter sandwiches? No. Jelly babies? No. Bulgarian economy? No. FM radio tuners who forgot their spanners? Do I know you? The sighting of missiles in Poland? No. Used condoms? No. Slices of moon cheese on crackers? No. Cubicle 7? Oh, right, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Cubicle 7. Cubicle 7. They are doing or bringing out the Doctor Who role-playing. Yes. Ah. Um, to my knowledge, reading on the forums and whatever, that they have sort of got through all the play tests and are at the final putting together printing stage. Uh, when they first went online with it, it was going to be summer this year. Then it was pushed back to uh, Christmas this year, which seems right. to be the optimum release. For- it looks like it's now going to be pushed back to either spring or April of next year. Wow, how long did it take? Yeah, yeah, um, I'm not too sure what is going on behind the scenes here. I think the way I've read this, it's all finalised and, and OK. Yeah. We're just awaiting BBC uh, comp- rubber stamp confirmation. Uh, while. Um, there is one little bit of news. Right. Yes. Tiny weeny little bit of news. I think we on? should all wish Crumbly a very happy birthday. Oh, oh yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes. yes. We've, we've just eaten the remains of his David Tennant birthday cake. <laughs> yes. Blue tongues. Look, show everyone your tongues. So we shall now sing happy birthday, dear Crumbly, on the count of three. One, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to me. Happy birthday, birthday dear Crumbly. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to me. You. You're very old. any letters not as such no but we do have some nice comments on the blog i'm gonna say nobody loves us leslie where are you nathan b hi nathan hello nate hello nathan okay he says i'm now very jealous i was not at the prom Ah, tough luck nathan i couldn't get tickets it sounds like you all had a great time we did he goes on to say welcome back crumbly we missed him don't be put off by the song. <laughs> Too late for that. Um, I'm beginning to think fake teeth should form a Catherine Tate Appreciation Society. But she's good. I think I have to be a member of that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bow. Mm-hmm. And keep up the good work. Thank you, Nathan. <clears throat> Very Thank nice Thanks. Of you. Nice to hear from you. And the other one we have is from that tin dog bloke. Yet another fab podcast. Oh, bless you. That's good. Thank Smart you. Smart as a walk around Tesco's. I've been a bit lax on the podcasting front himself. Been busy with a special project. Special say, project. You, you, you've mentioned this special product on the F- SFX form. I've got to ask, what is it? What's going on? Yeah. I am intrigued. That's breeding. We're going to have breeding. tin puppies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tin puppies. But I will return, he vows. Mm-hmm. Looking oh, forward absolutely. to it. Mm, yes. yes, absolutely. 
you want to write to us, please, please write to us. We <laughs> yeah. are desperate for attention. We adore us, yeah. love us, yes. mm. please worship we, us. Oh, Twice worship a night. Us. <laughs> Twice in one night. You no. can contact us <laughs> at, at show at staggeringstories.net. Uh, he always remembers the last bit. Nobody else can. See, none of us actually know the full email address. <laughs> no. It's like Monty Python's The fun- Funniest Joke in the World. We can't all know it all. Not a, we just one, have yeah. to know bits, otherwise the world blows up. Again. Uh, .net. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was me being panicky. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, time to quail from... Fight Club! <laughs> Enough. Can we get pills for them? Something, you know, something to stop Right, this week we have Real Keith, number 47C. Hello. And I. We will be representing Bones versus El Presidente and Crumbly, who will be representing Bone Kickers. Ooh. Do you, Do you see s- what we've done there? Bones talking the American TV series. Yes, yes, the, um, yes. The, yeah. the actually the police American detective series that probably has hardly any sci-fi in it whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's got bones in the title, bones. Yeah. right? Like bone kickers. Yeah. So you know, that's which is entire science fiction. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, but that's more into the fantasy. Yeah, so, look, it bones. was either that or Time Team. Okay. Oh, okay. And there's only so many Tony Robinson gags I can do. Right. Using the writer's strike Ooh. as an excuse to like mess around does. with a perfectly good formula, Brennan grabs a lightsaber Ooh. from her locker oh, what? and goes all dark side on Magwild's ass. Oh, right. Okay, then. If we're on to swords, Magwild bores everyone rigid with the blindingly obvious fact that the sword featured heavily in the series is, in fact, Excalibur. <gasps> oh, can it be? Was it? Or was it? Zack, uh, Bones's erstwhile compatriot at the lab, proving that the murderer used a certain piece of equipment, shredding equipment, sprays the entire Bone Kicker's team with shredded pig. <laughs> shredded pig? Shredded, shredded pig. pig. En- enticing the entire dog and cat population to feast upon your forms. <laughs> right. Recover from that. Okay, no problem. We have a secret society somewhere dedicated to preservation of pigs. So yeah, come in and attack you. <laughs> now, people who are involved in secret societies are clearly loop the loop. And in Bones, Stephen Fry played a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Right. Who you clearly need to see. Recognising that Stephen Fry character was absolutely outstanding, Bones started to watch some of Stephen Fry's other works. Right. Including a bit of Fry and Laurie. Mm-hmm. Right. She got in the lorry. <laughs> ran you all over, squashing you impressively. <laughs> mm. Do you see what we did there? Do you yeah. See? That it's was clever. Killed by house, right? <laughs> <laughs> Death by house. In a move of blatant sexism, 
<laughs> Dr. Dolly Parton goes round of asking all the female members of the Bones team how big their breasts are. Can I repost? You may repost. Okay. In a misunderstanding of social conventions and etiquette, Brennan actually breaks Dolly's arm. Ooh, ooh that's unfair. I mean, one thing we do about that, that's bringing our hero, Professor Daniel Mastiff, the idiot who runs the university. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Dressed as a Roman legionnaire. Yes, dressed as a Roman legionnaire in front of a bunch of cameras just to embarrass himself with. Now, I would like to repost, but the writer's strike <laughs> have nothing left. So I think they've won. Well, no, no, no. I, I think you have one. I, I can repost for you. Yeah, yeah, I can repost for you. Well, I've still got my trump card. Hodgkins, the expert of um, conspiracy theories and plannings and traps, manages to see your cunning plan for what it is and right. slips out of the press conference. So we escape. Yeah. That's running away. Yeah. That's That's nice strategic withdrawal. Strategic withdrawal. Right, okay, right, they're on the Dolly run. Park. So, the Bone Kickers team, namely McWald, draws her ace card. Fresh from the funny farm, she sets her gibbering mad as cake mother upon the Bones team. Why is it mad as cake? <laughs> I don't know. Cake's quite sensible, really. Full of E numbers. True. Mm. Depends whether David it's Tennant a... was. <laughs> <laughs> and cream. Depends yeah. whether it's a nut loaf. It sounds like that was a nut loaf. Uh, nut yeah. loaf. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay yeah. we'll concede victory here. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Right, we have a new segment this week. We do. We have guilty pleasures. <laughs> And moments of bliss. Uh, (laughs) Stop it now. You can have two of each. You have to have a Doctor Who guilty pleasure and a Doctor Who moment of bliss. Right. But you may also have a completely random moment of bliss and a completely random guilty pleasure. Who would like to start? I'll go first. Mm -hmm. And then real Keith number 47F. Right, uh, we just changed him halfway through. Yeah, we I got have. bored. What right. are you going to do first? Uh, my moments of bliss. Okay, Doctor Who moment of bliss? Uh, my bliss. Doctor Who moment of bliss, as in moment of bliss that makes me stand up and go, yes, and punch the air and whatever, <laughs> uh, was the Dalek Cyberman face-off in Doomsday. Oh, what, the Daleks are, Cybermen are good for one thing, they are good at dying. Dying, yeah. <laughs> was this your guilty pleasure? No, this, this is my moment That's a moment my, of bliss. That is my punch the air moment of bliss, I know, I'm Sorry, sad me. Been married a long time. Yeah, yeah, Moments yeah. of bliss are few and far between. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get them where you can. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your Doctor Who that's moment my, of bliss. my Doctor Who sort oh, of... That's a guilty pleasure then, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else have a Doctor Who moment of bliss? I do. El Presidente, go ahead. Okay, my Doctor Who moment of bliss is Rose. Not the character, the episode. <laughs> <laughs> a person can't be a moment of bliss. Well, she probably would be. But... <laughs> so the episode. The episode, I think that was a triumphant return for oh, the series. Oh yeah, very much. Put so. it back on the map. All right, my Doctor Who moment of bliss. I was 12. You have to forgive me. End of Logopolis. Oh, when he dies, that's good. The Doctor's plummeted <laughs> from the Pharos project. It's lying in a crumpled heap on so the floor. So your moment of bliss is him the dead. The death of Tom <laughs> <laughs> My moment of bliss me. was when Peter Davison sat up With his and realm. smiled. And he looked so <laughs> cute. Oh, he was lovely. With his round, bland face. face. <laughs> that was my moment of bliss. You will not mock it. Ladies. 
ladies and gentlemen, my wife. <laughs> okay, so Crumbly does not have a Doctor Who moment no. of bliss. No, he's but, hardcore. No, he's normal. <laughs> but I do have a random moment of Let's bliss. Let's have your random moment of okay, bliss. Okay, well, when Star Trek First Contact came out, uh, me and a whole load of us went to see it at the uh, local, local Flea Pit and Crawley. And um, the scene towards the end where the uh, Vulcan uh, research ship touches down in front of Zephyr and Cochrane. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, you see the Vulcan sort of step me up, walk majestically down the steps, look around in awe, and raise his hand in the in the Vulcan salute and say, live long and prosper. I was about to say it, but somebody in the cinema beat me to it. From somewhere in the cinema I heard this almighty, yes! <laughs> <laughs> El Presidente, your non-Doctor Who moment of bliss? This would have to be Babylon 5, the episode Chrysalis, the end of the first season. What happened in Chrysalis? Everything. Why was it a moment of bliss? It was the moment where you realised that this was no ordinary science fiction TV programme. It was actually good. Garibaldi <laughs> shot in the back by his own chap. Delaine going into the chrysalis. Sinclair about to be shipped off, I didn't know at the time. Yeah. President of the yeah. Earth Alliance killed. Nothing the same again after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No reset button. This is a big thing for science fiction at the time. Fair enough. You depressing old sock. <laughs> <laughs> Real Keith. Well, I, I'm afraid I have to follow our chief scientist to some extent. My mm. my non-who moment is, again, Babylon 5. I believe the episode is Severed Dreams. It's, uh, second or third season? Third season, third season. middle-ish. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the battle where they've realised things are going wrong and they're trying to cut off diplomatic ties and all connections with Earth, with Earth yep. Force. And uh, the whole episode has been this epic battle with the uh, Earth Authority ships and the uh, Star Furies from Babylon 5 trying to maintain their neutrality. The whole episode has been a battle. They fought off the first wave. They're picking up the dead, sorting out the wounded, and then suddenly jump gates open and another four Earth Authority ships come through. Yeah. And Sheridan is standing there realising that he's lost a lot. He's, yeah. about to, mm-hmm. he's about to get executed. His command team is about to end up in prison. And then they have another three jump gates open behind them. So that's a possible ten ships. But instead of being Earth Force, the enemy, it's actually Delenn with the cavalry. Mm. <laughs> and there is this, this beautiful line where they, she's put on screen. And the line goes, it's, it's, a, it's a fight, a trash talk between the commander of the Earth Force ships and Delenn, where they tell her to go away, you're not wanted here, you have no jurisdiction. To which point Delenn turns around and says, during the war, there is only one person who ever defeated a ship. He is behind me. You are in front of me. If you value your lives, be somewhere else. Yeah. And they leave. Yeah, they run. Sort of that time of the month for Delenn. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, but it was just a punch-the-air moment. Well, when you have you know, sort of several rather large Minbari um, battle cruisers you know, sort of behind you. I mean, yeah. Mm. You do make a tactical withdrawal. Yeah, yeah. they <laughs> ran. My Doctor Who moment of bliss, you're not going to like it, mm? but it's the first First time I've ever leapt up, gone, yes, and kissed the telly, which was really embarrassing. Plasma screens hurt the lips. (laughs) It was when David Beckham scored the equaliser against Greece to put England in the World Cup and all the Germans were crying. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Brilliant. It was the last kick of the match. And if it hadn't gone in, we'd have been out of the World Cup. Um, and at the other stadium, the Germans were already doing their lap of honour and celebrating. And then uh, he scored. Sport, sport free zone. No, it's not. No, no, and he scored, and then the cameras went back to the Germans, and they were all sitting on the ground crying. <laughs> and by that time, I was laughing. And, oh. and what happened this year? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's our moments of bliss. 
Now, guilty pleasures. Now, these are things that you know are really, really bad, Bad. but you still like them. Okay, El Presidente, let's have your Doctor Who guilty pleasure. Okay, which will come up again later in a few minutes. (laughs) Is that good? Yeah. (laughs) Doctor Who, Attack of the Sidemen. Oh. <laughs> is that allowed? Well, it is a guilty pleasure, yeah. and it, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Why? I know. I just really enjoyed it as a kid, as uh, like ten coming up to eleven year old as I was at the time. It's okay. got lots of great stuff in it. Everybody hates it. I don't know why, <laughs> but I like, really like it. I, okay, I think it's great. Crumbly, your Doctor Who guilty my, pleasure. My, well, the one that springs to mind would have to be the Five Doctors. <laughs> right, yeah. Rocky Horror of Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, I do remember being at a convention doing shout back lines to the mm. monitor. No, not the mind, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I mean, I have waxed lyrical in the past about the um, fart of Rassilon in the background. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the scrolls of Rassilon, yeah, which yeah. is mm. nothing special. It's just the shopping list of Rassilon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, everything there was of Rassilon. Yeah. <laughs> the cheese grater of Rassilon. The pink stripy pyjamas of Rassilon. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that's a good guilty pleasure. I mean, um, that's, I mean, it was an enjoyable episode. But sort of some scene was, were, well, was camp as old boots, basically. Mm. I mean. Doctor Who guilty pleasure mm. uh, Warriors of the Deep <laughs> oh, the, the bendy door it's got the bendy door it's got Ingrid Pitt's karate <laughs> lesson it's got Tegan trying to run around convincingly in eight inch it's got this running gag about bad breath in spacesuits that wasn't funny the first time they said it but they had to say it again yeah. and, oh, uh, all the spotlight white lighting everywhere oh mm. yeah the, the 80s coloured piping down the edge of everything oh, it's yeah, just yeah. absolutely <laughs> terrible and I got it on video <laughs> or even DVD oh, I had it on DVD, DVD. Yeah. Oh, no, I yeah. so that, that's mine what about yours uh, I'm really uh, knowing your reaction i am ashamed to admit this but i do have a small hankering for the daleks in manhattan and oh. Oh. yeah i know, oh, I, know. Oh, I know there's I cannot, a limit come on i cannot i cannot i admit it's it like terrible pigs. it is a terrible <laughs> but if you if you take it in small little context i love the song in there it's got a beautiful song the daleks even though they do have this <laughs> out yeah even if they do have this outrageous pathetic plan that no way has any connection with science at all. They're sneaky. I like the sneakiness of them. I like the fact that they have slight personality, i.e. when they want to discuss Dalek set. Oh, and they're checking. One of them looks behind them, you know. Yeah, that was um, about the best bit in the entire episode. Oh, yeah, I... I, I no, the I, end. Uh, yeah, the end was really good. If you take it in small or bites, it's quite good. Unfortunately, if you put it all together, it just falls apart and it, nothing happens and it's a lousy episode. But I just like those bits. I'm See, sorry. I think Real Keith 47F shouldn't be allowed to play if he's going to do things like that. It's pretty foul. It's awful. <laughs> awful. Okay, so that leads us to... Non-who. Guilty pleasures of the non-who variety. Non-who. Now, these aren't allowed to be rude. I'm. There's only so many beeps I'm allowed to put in. Okay? Crumbly. I have been told by the Real Keith to, to uh, tread very carefully on this one. Oh, dear. Right. But um, a guilty pleasure I mean, I'm, it's, it's horrible to say, but bad 1980s sword and sandal films. Sword and Such sandal? As, um, Such as? Well, Hawk the Slayer. Oh, Lord. L- Lady Hawk. <gasps> Clash- Lady Hawk's brilliant. 
Titans. Clash of the Titans. Is that 1980s? Yeah. Lady Hawk, oh, yeah. No, Hawks. Clash of the Titans. Oh, Clash Lady Hawk's lovely. Yeah. Seem like I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, Hawk the Slayer, I mean, okay, I mean, well, we all know it gets rubbished in, um, in space. Everyone says, Hawk the Slayer's rubbish. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't one of these medieval elven characters actually wearing a digital watch? Yes, and, um... <laughs> well, Magic advanced for his time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, Jack Palance is woefully miscast as, um, Voltan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, Hawk, Hawk's uh, evil brother. I mean, he chews the scenery like, like lo- nobody's business, I mean. And, um, his girlfriend who gets... I mean, Hawk's girlfriend who gets killed and looks very unconvincing as a witch with a piece of cloth tied over her eyes. I mean, okay, I mean, as I say, I mean, I'm going to be fairly discreet about Lady Hawk. I'll just say that Rutger Howe should have stuck to the Guinness commercials, I mean. And as for Clash of the Titans, I think, um, well, the guy who played Perseus, um, what's his name? Ham- he definitely looks like he had, um, he, was, he was a graduate of the um, Keanu Reeves School of Acting. So. <laughs> oh, stiff as a board. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm not dissing uh, Ray Harryhausen's sort of special effects, because, I mean, well, Ray Harryhausen, he is all, well, the mighty. God. The God, yes. But I think his, um, I think his skills were rather wasted on uh, Clash of the Titans. Okay, real Keith, number 56L. What is your, I'm going slowly down the line here. <laughs> I'm like slipping. What is your non-Doctor Who guilty pleasure? Van Helsing. <laughs> right, El President. <laughs> the film, I take it, not the character. The, the film, the film. The, uh, what's his name? I've forgotten the actor's name. Um, Johnny Hugh, Depp? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. The Hugh oh, Jackson. Sleepy Hollow, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Johnny Depp's Sleepy Hollow, which mm-hmm. is a spectacular film. I enjoy that one. But uh, yeah, um, Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing. Uh, it's a terrible movie. Has over the top bad CGI. The acting is decidedly dodgy. Yep. The end, cut it. Forget it. Just don't bother with the the ghosts, the clouds, and the etherical meeting. It, it's it's. But it's just done with so much enthusiasm. <laughs> they they enjoy themselves while they're doing I it. I mean, oh, I totally agree, man. It's, I mean, it's well, cheese factor ten. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, I mean, it's done with so much gusto and enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah they're, they're enjoying themselves, perhaps a little bit too much yeah, while probably. they're doing it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. El Presidente, your non-Doctor Who guilty pleasure, the one we can use. <laughs> <laughs> Not the other one. Okay. It has to be the 1987 BBC series... Star Cops. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no that, what that's... didn't I guess? <laughs> I said the one we can use. Uh, <laughs> everybody hates it again. I don't know why. I really, really like it. Uh, I, Special effects. with rinky-dinky music. Yeah, it's got really bad opening things. Yeah. yeah. Really terrible zero-G act. Yeah. <laughs> once they got off the moon. Some great to model work. Yeah. But really bad so, so zero-G once, act. Once they got off the space station onto, onto the, the moon, moon, they dropped the yeah. zero-G stuff. And what it was wrong up. with the zero-G acting? Clunky? Very Deliberately trying to be weightless when oh. you're obviously on, you know, but standing on standing one on foot. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very it, bad CSO to make them look as if they're floating occasionally. Yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that. It's one I'd forgotten actually. I have to agree. It's a really good series. Yeah. We should it review was, it sometimes. Mm-hmm. It was a very damn good detective series. It's some nice character stuff. In yeah, there, nice dialogue. Yeah, it's a box as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but a great stuff. But it's really not very well known. No, and no. people do know it. Seem to hate it. This is probably the last thing I'm going to say on this podcast because they're going to kick me out. My non-Doctor Who guilty pleasure is yeah. Grease Two. <laughs> 
they made a sequel of that. I have seen it. Awful. It's terrible. Songs are awful. Who is it? Maxwell Caulfield and Michelle Pfeiffer, wasn't it? The acting is awful. The plot is awful. I I totally agree. Michelle Pfeiffer probably looks at her CV and goes, "Oh no, why? (laughs) Oh God, why? You had to strap me into a chair with the." the, I've never made you you watch. Yes, you did. You strapped me down in the chair with one of those head things that hold the eyeballs open. A la Clockwork Orange. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Forced me to watch that. Awful from beginning to end, and I can I sit and watch it for hours on end. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I have seen it. I mean, it is absolute drivel. I mean, yeah, it makes the original Greece look like Hamlet. Okay, so that's the end of <laughs> guilty pleasures. Thank goodness. Moments <laughs> of bliss. No, nobody's going to be listening to us again now because no, we that's credibility. Gone. Yeah, that's well, it. Out the window. Tell you what. That's tell it. you what. Let's bring a bit of decorum into things now because I think we have a message from El Presidente. Mm, yes, face the TV screens. Oh, do Attention. we have to stand for this? Nah. Okay. <laughs> Fellow citizens, it's brought to the attention of my benevolent administration that the Olympic Games in China are going extremely smoothly. This is entirely by my design. Little do the athletes and the wider world know that every national team has been infiltrated by genetically engineered agents. Well, every nation's teams except Kumar, Equatorial Kundu, Buranda, Elbonia, Belgium, but I'm drifting. My agents will become celebrities in their respective countries. They will then run for public office. Eventually, every major country will be governed by my agents. If that fails, then the nanobox I seeded in the Chinese smog, breathed in by all the visiting heads of states, will be activated. All will become my unwilling slaves. Here endeth my address. Wonderful job there, El President. The head of Pertwee is in awe. Everyone say hello to the head of Pertwee. Hello, hello head of Pertwee. And now, Doctor Who. Given a lack of season, we've decided to choose our favourite episodes of New Who and Old Who, New Who. and compare them. Now, El Presidente, yep. you did mention Attack of the Cybermen. Yes. <laughs> Am I to assume that it's somewhere on your list of two? Yes. That one of them's not New Who? Yes. Am I guessing it's your old Who? Yes. Why? What's, what's not to like about it? I mean, you've got Lytton and his, uh, his two policemen from uh, clones or whatever the heck they are. You that's do not... do the big big hand-squashing scene. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Cool. Nice bit of continuity bringing Lytton back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great character. Also, you had the, the whole diamond heist thing. Which is a nice idea. Obviously, it was a fate. With Davros in it, Terry Malloy. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Davros yes. without his mask. He's got Cybermen. Or the, there was the, a clue in the title. In the title, you think yeah. so? <laughs> but, you know, we've got uh, camouflage Cybermen painted mm-hmm. black and sewers. Nice bit of cyber history, then coming back in time to stop Mondas being destroyed. Yeah. Ties in with their first story. You've got the whole thing on, is it Mondas or Telos? Telos. The, um, Telos. the guys escaping and disguising themselves as Cybermen. That, that was funny. Yeah. Knocking heads <laughs> off Cybermen. They didn't have to scoop anything out, though. Why not? Just, the head came off and they put it on. You know, you'd think No, they did. Be... They did have you, to... Uh, you didn't see them scoop. Oh, you saw right. one scene, they cut the head yeah. off. I think I... They did something and they I came back. clean it out. Yes, yes, yes. They came back. 
back. had kind of phased out. <laughs> we saw the cyber-conversion happening. I don't think we ever seen that. No, no, it's the first time I've ever seen that. But we also had the cyber-controller. That's a controller. tubby. Yeah. I didn't, didn't realise it was the same actor from... Um, no. Tomb of the Cybermen. Tomb of the Cybermen, yeah. yeah. Which obviously this tied in yeah. with again. Michael Kilgariff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a bit of a strange casting decision, but, you know, nice bit of continuity. Yeah, but same nobody actor. could tell under the mask. And then we had Halley's Comet, which was nice and topical at the time. It was, yeah. You know, all kids needed to go and see that. And it was the furthest away it had been for thousands of years, so we didn't get to see it. Thank you. No, it wasn't. It was just coming around in 1986. Um, it was the furthest away when it was close. Oh, to the, to the I earth. See, you yeah, couldn't yeah. go outside and just see it. You had to get binoculars and yeah. telescopes and things. Oh, well, well, you'd probably get a chance that. to see it again. I'd be dead by then. No, no, you'd work this out. You said you'd just be there. Maybe. You'd be in your 80s or whatever. Mm, but Maybe. then I'd be dribbly and yeah. too yeah. senile mm, to know yeah. what I was looking at. Well, more dribbly than Stop you are at the moment. Stop agreeing with me! <laughs> <laughs> I've got the TARDIS changing shape. Oh, yes. Oh, First time oh, ever. No. First the, time um, in the series, yeah. The chameleon circuit. The organ. The strange cupboard thing. The cupboard, the yeah, the gates, the ornamental the gates. gates. Yeah, I mean that that's been a great inspiration for us in the, the role playing game. Oh yeah. Mm. yeah, every time we land, what's it going to look like? Where's the door? Mm-hmm. How does <laughs> it get in? Yeah, that, exactly. It's all from this story. Yeah. Why doesn't yeah. it just materialise as a door against a wall? It can do. Could do, yeah. yeah. I think that's what the gates. Oh, yeah, 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 ah, yeah I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, he's actually making me want to go and watch. This <laughs> <laughs> will decide it for you. It's got Perry. <laughs> dragged me right back out. Yeah. <laughs> Pumatic Perry. She does bounce up and down at one point as well. <laughs> stuff. Oh, I thought so. Oh, it's also got um, Sarah Green of mm. um, Children's Television yes. fame. Yes, you wouldn't well, know it, but yes. If memory serves, you can only actually see her chin. Yeah, yes. and that's Faith Brown. Chin. Yeah. What's her name? Faith Brown. Yeah. Yes, yes. Again, just the chin. That's some great lines. Go on. Doctor says, I suddenly feel conspicuous. Perry says, I'm not surprised in that coat. <laughs> now tell us a great line. <laughs> was this the first mention of the... Te- oh, no, it was the second mention of the terrible Zodin. Yes, after, yes. after the five doctors. Yes. Oh, we, ne- we never find out who We've she never is, found out we? who the terrible Zodin was. I don't know, it's, it's a great romp, I think. Very L- Lots of continuity, which perhaps people have complained about a bit, but it all ties in Doctor Who together, all these different uh, stories. It's great. And Colin Baker, sorry... The, the Colin, the Colin, 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 Colin yes. Is his usual excellent self? Well, yeah, so, this yeah. is his only a second story after that dismal uh, twin dilemma. And it's a great improvement. Yes, he's finally get to see his doctor not Do- trying to strangle people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More settled, I think, the term yeah, is. Yeah, yes. yeah. And they chuck him down the sewers. He <laughs> up a, a policeman down there. A it's clone. A bad, yeah, it's a bad example to set, though. Well, you didn't I blame it. Colin Baker the Colin Baker for the, the downfall Colin of society Baker. today Ooh, I think people may have ta- take you to task over that well but. when we were youngsters people didn't go around be- beating up policemen unless but, they really asked for it but there were evil policemen yeah but I, policemen are policemen you should I respect them I can't find myself defending Attack at the Sidemen <laughs> <laughs> yep so that's it go, mm-hmm. go watch so that's, uh, your, new, that's yeah. your old who old who go watch Attack at Sidemen it's better mm-hmm. than you think my old who is uh, Pyramids of Mars. It's something I can just sit and watch over and over and over and over again. It is a good one. It's got Michael Sheard in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's always good, no matter which episode of Doctor Who he's in. With the week. There's so many to choose. With the week. It's got a hand and a cushion. It has. <laughs> yes. It's Crush- got a- 
Elizabeth Sladen wielding a rifle with oh, yeah. Great. disturbing confidence, I thought. Mm. Was she wearing a fashion disaster? No, she was, no, she was a, a white dress. A very Victorian. nice Victorian oh, yeah. dress without any things underneath it. So it's figure hugging. How do you know there was no things underneath it? Most of them have bustles and pantaloons and whatever. I mean, this one was obscenely Victorian, because if I remember rightly, my young mind was fascinated with the way it hugged her figure. <laughs> oh, you just ruined pyramids. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's got um, vague hints at the all things Egyptian, which I like. Right. It's got robots dressed up as mummies. Servitors. It's, that's the thing, servitors. Good deaths. Very good the deaths. The smoking hands. And, oh, oh, yes, oh. yes. Yeah. Being crushed. Drinks his gift of death. Mm, being crushed <laughs> to death by their boobs. Yeah. <laughs> by their boobs. Yeah, the robot the, servitors. But, yeah, they had all pointed to them. And, ah. It's got a couple of good lines. Doctor and Sarah looking through the poacher's hut. But a poacher has a hut. This I found yeah. <laughs> hard to believe. Surely the idea of poaching is you do it when no one's looking. So if you've got a hut, they know where to go and find you. But anyway, yeah. they go through the poacher's hut looking for Jelignite. She finds a box marked Jelignite, chucks it to him. He nearly has an accident. Says, you have to be careful of sweaty Jelignite. One good sneeze could set it off. <laughs> One of the favourite lines I like is when they're trying to deactivate the pyramid, uh, the force field, ah, the urns. Yes. Sort of, uh, without the correct key, it's like trying to fix a pocket watch with a hammer and chisel. One <laughs> wrong move and you'll never know the time again. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Again, a fantastic romp of an episode. It is a good one. I think most people agree with yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's from the classic period, the Hinchcliffe classic. You know, and as you said, it's, it's, as Crumbly said, it's also got the... Um, Stage hands, hand holding the cushion oh, yes. down as Sutek yes. stands up. <laughs> yes. A small, yes. yeah, typical of the BBC, slightly shoddy. <laughs> I tell you, until um, I started going com- to conventions, I'd never noticed that. I never. And then someone pointed it out to me, and, now you and that's notice all I could see. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, Pyramids of Mars. Get mm. it out on DVD and watch it. Crumbly. Well, I've got a few contenders here. Oh, um, is that allowed? Mm, well, we've got to narrow it down to one. Well, I'll just I'll just mention these two episodes: uh, Planet of Evil and Cloth. Uh, the Claws of Axos. Okay. I mean, those are the ones that scared the bejesus out of me. Planet of Evil was the um, Forbidden Planet take, wasn't it? That's what I mean. No, I mean, well, when you're only sort of six or seven, and you see this big invisible creature re- rendered in negative, yeah, killing the Ooh. poor crew members, Ooh. and then seeing these desiccated corpses appearing. Yeah, so, I mean, the Claws of Axos, I mean, that's another good one, that is. Uh, but the one that springs to mind is uh, the Ark in Space. Okay. The, Ooh, the big yes. ads. Bubble wrap. Yeah. Mm, yes. oh. Bubble wrap. Well, I mean, that, that, that is so typical of the BB. It's when you first sing something, it's a quick glimpse, and the first immediate reaction is, what the beep in the hell is that? But right. unfortunately, they leave the camera on it for about two minutes too long. Two minutes too long. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just green bubble wrap. Oh, it's a man in a bubble wrap. The Ark in Space was an episode that for years and years and years, I couldn't remember what it was called. I had this image in my head of this green half man that was really, really scary, mm. <laughs> and I knew it was Doctor Who. I couldn't think what it was called. Then f- the real key 56 X oh, told up. me it's the Ark in Space. Mm. Put a VHS into the machine. I sat down and watched it. I was so disappointed. <laughs> it's Memory not cheats. As, it's yes. nowhere near as scary. Yeah. I mean, I was, what, five? No, memory yeah, well, does yeah. cheat. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, as I say, I mean, the arc in space, I mean, as you say, apart from the uh, bubble wrap. It, and, another uh, one probably stuff to be overlit. 
yeah. rather mm. should have taken the lights out a bit for the monster. But. Yeah, so um, yeah, uh, Noah meeting a rather um, yeah, sort of horrible demise by bubble wrap. The actual Wirren grubs. I mean, there's one shot, one going down a corridor, introduced by along a corridor, then going through a hole in the bulkhead. I mean, that scene was very good, that was. I mean, it's all obviously sort of someone dressed up as a giant... In a sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, well, a sleeping bag. Yeah, it's a Wirren grub. I mean, just inching its way along, I thought, bloody hell. No, and um, the Wirren themselves, I mean, I wouldn't say they were that, that quite convincing because <laughs> of their sort of six legs on the front of their, um, well, yeah. their thorax or their sort of chest or whatever. I mean, how did they move around? All their legs sort of dangling in front of them. They along. They walked walked along on tippy-toe. <laughs> <laughs> Real Keith 943X. What is your old who of choice? Ah, yeah. Um, I'm afraid we have a major problem here. What? Major problem. You've asked me to choose an old who of choice yes. and a new who of choice. Yes. Yeah. I can't do it. Yes, you I, can. No, I can't do it. There, there, there's can. so many. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's the Yeti one. one. I mean, there's the, the Genesis of the Daleks, Pyramids of Mars. I mean, the Claws of Axis. I just can't do it. It's the third Doctor one. Yeah. Oh, God, it's on the ceiling. <laughs> whale meat, isn't it? Oh, jeez. I don't know. Have you got a barbecue? Yeah. Oh, we could do that. Okay. Oh, you're going to have to get the Artex redone, though. That's that's not good. No, no. Keys has hit the ceiling. Oh, smells a bit, too. It does a bit, doesn't it? Oh, oh well. Let's move on. Yep. Okay. Crumbly. Noohoo. 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 Well, there's only one possible contender. Blink. Don't look around. Don't turn away. Why? Sally Sparrow. Mm, yes. It's a very suspenseful, very eerie and atmospheric. Oh, I loved it. Written by the Vast Toffee? Mm. The Vast Toffee MN. Who's just won a Hugo for it. Arguably his best. I would argue otherwise, but yeah. You would argue that up was down mm. if given the choice. Or black was <laughs> It's one of those things that is so commonplace. I mean, you can't imagine a statue moving and reaching out trying to kill you when you're not looking. But in Blink, that's what's happened. Was I the only one who nearly hit the ceiling when um, Sally and... What's his name? <laughs> the other guy. They were talking. She was reminding him not to blink, not to look away. Mm, that's and right. he looked back and... It was there. Mm. Yeah. We had to scrape <laughs> yeah. the youngest construct off the <laughs> ceiling, <laughs> pull him back down into the chair, and yeah. he sat there for the rest of the episode going, it didn't scare me. And and the uh, video thing was very well done as well. Mm. Oh, oh, the yes. Easter eggs and that. Sally yeah, Sparrow talking yes. to a pre-recorded DVD. Mind you, yeah. one thing I must mention is um, a couple of other contenders I had were um, Impossible Planet <laughs> and uh, The Satan Pit. Yeah. The Satan Pit, I mean, would tie in with my Doctor Who moment of New Who moment of bliss. Because when that guy who got possessed by um, the beast, he was sitting in the cockpit of the uh, rocket ship, going back to Earth, rabbiting on about, I'm going to enslave everyone. I almost jumped out of my seat when Rose pulled out the bolt gun and blasted the uh, windscreen out, so I got sucked <laughs> out to space. Hell. Right, El Presidente. I think we clash on this, don't we? Well, I think we actually agree on Agree, this. yes. Our new who, we, it's technically two episodes, but it's one story. Yeah. The Empty Child and the Doctor mm. Dances. Yeah. Because it's as close to perfect as you can get, in my opinion. My favourite Doctor Who of all time. Yeah. Old and new. Absolutely brilliant stuff. The Vast Toffee's first Doctor Who, not counting the uh, Comic Relief special, of course. And what a triumphant beginning of his uh, Doctor Who career. Also, I saw um, the guy who does Victor Meldrew's name, Richard Wilson. Yeah. And I thought, ah, oh, Oh, no, they're doing the old bringing celebrities yeah. for the sake of it. But he was awesome. He was, yeah. He was part of the sickest scene. The <laughs> cracking yes. noise as he turned into um, gas mask monster man. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And that, that whole thing of, are you my mummy? Mm. Even now, I'm sure kids are still... Apparently they do. Around <laughs> the playground. Are you my mummy? you my mummy. This was the first proper scary Doctor Who like, since his return. Huh? What's that? Is there someone at the door? Door, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's open. Come in. Hello. Uh, Hello. Hello. It's quite handy, really. Ooh, ah. 
That's quite handy, really. We just had real Keith 97D shown up to replace the exploded one. Mm. Why is the chair covered in goo? Come here to do this podcast and my chair is covered in goo. Well, that's you all over. Did you have any memories of the beginning of the podcast? How does it work? We're discussing our favourite new who. New who. And El Presidente and I have selected The Empty Child and the Doctor Dances. Well, again, I have a problem with this. Why? Well, personally, there are so many. Uh, You explode. What have we got? We've got... um, Christmas Invasion, um, The Empty Child, Rose, Tooth and Claw. Difficult. I mean, there's so many. It's a whole collection. They've got so many there. There's Doctor Who. I can't. Sinclair mode. There we go. Sinclair is in Sinclair mode. Oh dear. What was that? Just don't talk. Okay. So, um, The Empty Child and the Doctor Dances, we had Captain Jack. There was probably one of the best resolutions to a cliffhanger. Go to your room. 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 I'm glad that worked because that would be terrible Terrible last last words. (laughs) The triumphant ending, everybody lives. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody dies. Was that the first time ever? I was going to say, was that the first time ever? I think so. I think so. Quite possibly. Kinder. Kinder, I think everyone lived in that. Did they? They got mentally disrupted and turned almost insane. Uh, but, but they lived. They were they lived. <laughs> also, another, another superb line uh, from Rose. You must think you're Father Christmas. Who says I'm not? not bike when you were 12. when you were 12. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, Jack enters the programme flirting. Enters? I think explodes would be the best. The very, the very <laughs> phallic way he got rid of the bomb. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zooming strike. down the stasis beam, yes. astride a bomb. Yeah. Bad wolf written on it. More meant to be a reference to Strange Love, wasn't it? But yeah, fantastic and great, great setting, great period drama oh, yeah. stuff mm-hmm. as a BBC yeah. always yep. does. Again, yeah, wonderfully reproduced. Yeah. Wonder- and I don't know, dark, if, atmospheric. I don't know if you noticed the hospital. It was the hospital that was used in Aliens of London. Mm. Albion, yes. yeah, the same Albion name. Hospital. I don't know if it's actually the same, same building. I think it was. Mm. I mean, it's in yeah, over in London, same location. Where um, Tosh did, did an autopsy on the uh, alien pig. Yeah. Okay, that's all we got for Doctor Who. Heroes. Season, season two. two. The Revenge. Now, Not quite. I have a confession here. I haven't actually seen it. Okay. So I'm going to sit back and conduct. Whilst... <laughs> well, you can make the tea. I can make the tea whilst... Tea. Don't choose it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to sit back and that conduct menace, in it. whilst crumbly El Presidente and Tosspot. <laughs> what? <laughs> Discuss here. The respect I get is non existent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a Smith too. I haven't seen all of them in season two. I've probably seen about half of them. But I'm partly because I kept missing them on my DVR, and partly because it didn't grab me this season. I don't know why. Mm. The first season really did. I can't put my finger on why, but this season just hasn't quite. It done was it very for me. rushed. Yeah, well, I mean, that is the only reason that comes to mind. I mean, Tim Kring was, un- well, was mm. under pressure. Yeah. Writer's Strike? Mm, yep, Writer's well, Strike. Well, I'm killed. not sure, <clears throat> sure it was Writer's Strike. I mean, myself. I think he originally had um, about 20 episodes planned. Yeah. But as you say, as um, Fake Key said, due to the writer strike, I mean, it had to be heavily compressed into mm. 11 episodes. Yeah. And so that is why, I mean, in my opinion, a lot of um, the new characters, for instance, like the um, the young Hispanic couple. Oh, yeah. I mean, the girl who, who cried her black tears and killed everyone. Her and her brother, I mean, sort of, their characters weren't really fleshed out all that much. They never grabbed me. I think Tim Kring actually went online but well before the writer strike and apologised to fans 
about the nature and the condition mm. of uh, the, the following plot lines. I, I think his apology was, you know, sort of somewhat premature. I mean, as I say, I mean, it was very enjoyable to watch. I mean, okay, everybody was accustomed to the characters. So, I mean, obviously, the first season was um, sort of setting the groundwork. Yeah. With all the um, in- intertwining plot lines and the culmination of the series where they all met up in um, in New York before uh, Peter Petrelli went boom. I think season two was more fleshing out of the characters than anything else. I missed the first episode, at least, and I didn't quite understand why they'd all diverged so much. They, they'd all come together, pretty much, at the end of the first season. Mm, that's it. And then they seemed virtually strangers to each other after that, yeah. mm. and I didn't understand what had happened there. That's it. I mean, there was, there was something, something of a gap between um, the, first, uh, the first season and the second season. Sort of, you know, sort of, I mean, there has been quite a jump, so to speak. I mean, whereas we saw, at the end of the uh, first season, sort of Silar crawling, crawling into the drain, multi-wounded, yeah. a few months later, for some strange strange reason he's in the middle of the um, Amazonian rainforest or wherever it is <laughs> yeah. yeah with a woman who can uh, sort of change his perception of reality I think one of the reasons why it did fail as I said was certain of the characters I were, wouldn't say it failed well not, not, not failed but wasn't as popular is certain of the characters were sidelined into mm. their own almost non-relating story or certainly as it seemed mm. to begin with I mean uh, Hero mm. ending back up in uh, feudal Japan mm, that's right yeah. now it's alright Hero is a wonderful character but I think he works best when he's in a group with other mm. people yeah. showing his geekish his uh, yeah. the enthusiasm mm. the, the oh, yeah. fact that he can do this I stuff think, and that wasn't actually coming across with the feudal Japan storyline yeah that's it because I mean very much in the first series it was um, Hiro and uh, Ando yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, whereas in the second season sort of Ando was very much relegated to the sidelines just, yeah. just in his cubicle wasn't mm. he pretty much yeah. Well, that's it. yeah very much so it's yeah. Sulu yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just that they seem to be giving um, a hero a sort of a more angsty very very troublesome plot line that just didn't really fit yeah. with the character because he's so enthusiastic and upbeat yeah where's the angsty one had lost his memory and yeah. ended up in Ireland, Ireland. somehow yeah that mm. was Peter Petrelli yeah, yeah Peter, Peter Petrelli, Petrelli. Huh? and his plot line again what was all that about <laughs> <laughs> um, that was to do with the room glasses man right and uh, the Haitian yeah, who had erased his memory oh okay why oh concrete <laughs> so, I mean it's been a while since I watched it so no I, but, I, I mean think... the whole reason why he wasn't that container was to get him away from well from from the trouble so to speak yeah, that was happening yeah. obviously the, the biggest problem it had was pacey it was mm. it felt quite slow but then probably the first season felt quite slow at the beginning we didn't remember that yeah, the, by the time we got to the end and this didn't have a chance to really ramp up it yeah. was slowly building up and then was stopped yeah then bang I, I gotta admit mm. the, the first series did have a slow burn to it but there were certain aspects of it that intrigued me that kept yeah. on dragging I mean, me back for more you had to watch it the trouble with season two there wasn't the factor that kept dragging me back for more if I missed a couple I didn't scan the net to try to find out whether I could download oh, right. them. you know it yeah, was just oh too. dear I've missed it's it too. pick it up next week the newer characters like the um, uh, Latino couple plus the um, young black woman who the, could um, the, the memory girl the, yeah the memory yeah. girl that's yeah. right they weren't allowed enough time to have their characters properly formulated mm. I mean no. they were just there did their bit and that's it gone yeah. the same with uh, Nikki she seemed to drop off the map so out of ten um, I'd say six and a half yeah. I mean obvious. well Tim Kring has you know, sort of gone on record as yeah. saying sort of season three will be a vast improvement the second season was enjoyable to watch but I mean as I say towards the end obviously with the writer's strike looming he had a lot of loose ends to tie up while it was watchable as I say the metaphorical loose ends were sort of sticking out in a few places I, I didn't probably see enough for it to 
really give a, a number, but if I did, if I was forced to, maybe four and a half, five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I, I've got to go. I've tried to. Ca- I didn't catch everyone. I've got to admit, I tried to catch the majority. And from what I saw, I won't say I wasn't impressed. It was enjoyable, but it, mm-hmm. there was nothing there to make me force me to sit down mm-hmm. and watch the next one yeah. as the first season. So I've got to go with Adam here about mm-hmm. four and a half. Yeah, five. It, it probably suffers in comparison to its first season. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it yeah. were just a new thing on its own, it'd probably be higher than that. But we've seen it can be much better. It was rushed. Yeah. Enjoyable, but in my, in my opinion, rushed. So was it September, October, it's back? Mm, yeah, it's around that time, yeah. I think they're currently showing the second season on the fi- sci-fi channel at the moment. And we'll be getting it almost simultaneously in this country. I think, yeah, I think BBC Two have done a deal. So it's going to be straight to, uh, mm. oh, yeah. straight to BBC so Two. We should I mean, they bought it up front, so... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. David, look forward to that. You're allowed back in the room. <laughs> oh, good. I promised to watch season three. <laughs> <laughs> so, has anyone else got anything to say? No, no. I don't think so. Nope. Right, OK, then. So that wraps up another Staggering Stories. I've got something to say. Oh, no. What? I want it to be Christmas so I can watch the Christmas Who. <laughs> oh, or the proms. The Who proms. Mm. They've got to televise that at some point in time. That, have no, they? no. Okay then, right, that concludes this Staggering Stories podcast. In our next one, right, we shall be reviewing the latest Futurama DVD, The Beast with a Billion Backs. Mm. Summer blockbusters, love them or hate them. More Who reviews and all. And Fight Club and much, much more. So this is me, Crumbly, saying be seeing you. Bye. And this is real Keith saying, there's a nose on this chair. What's a nose doing on the chair? That's you, you went to pieces. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, Number 27, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, and the real Keith Dunn. Views expressed here are those of the speaker. We don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended. This podcast is a Fake Keith production on www.staggeringstories.net. Didn't Perry ever get cold? I mean, um, the storm she summons up to um, to beat the bad guys looks very much lo- like a load of uh, uh, fluorescent ping pong balls. Fired from <laughs> a Thai woman. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the room. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Fellow citizens, it has been brought to the attention of my ben- <laughs> <laughs> It was the look towards <laughs> As if God's going to go, yeah. I'm here, boss. <laughs> well, oh, can... dear. Pay attention! <laughs> I'm sorry, your magnificence. Fellow citizens. <laughs> Adam's got the giggles. Adam's got the giggles. That's what they call corpsy in the train. <laughs> Hello, citizens. It has been brought to the attention of my benevolent administration that the Olympic Games in China are going extremely smooth. (laughs) (laughs) I know you, you're Captain Sinclair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You farted. It was loud. And the whole sofa trembled. <laughs>